The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is 10 o'clock Monday, 22nd of April and it's Bank Holiday Monday across the nation this morning. Um, How has your bank holiday weekend been so far, folks? I hope you're having a restful break. I sure did. My goodness, it really does feel like summer. Finally, it's arrived and I hope it does stay. Um, The weekend has been glorious, really bright and fresh. um, really really wonderful do tell me what you're getting up today getting up to this morning are you traveling um, anywhere special have you got anything planned would love to find out how you're keeping yourself and the little ones entertained this morning it is the half well easter break nearly over Um, a lot of children will be going back to school tomorrow Um, So I hope you're all enjoying your time off. Now, I'm at work, but can I call it work? No, it's not work, really. I'm in the studio this morning on Inspire FM. This is the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock this morning. We are repeating the show at 8pm, as you can catch the conversation and the action on Facebook Live this morning. We have three guests that are going to be joining me the moment it's just the one um i'm joined by um mohammed hatik known as teekster you'll know his voice he's been a regular on the show most oftenly on a bank holiday <laughs> he always comes it it does seem like that how are you this morning teekster it's always been a bank holiday. it is it's always it does seem to be a bank holiday when you come down Oh, wow. I like to keep things consistent. Consistent. That's how we're going to keep them on the show this morning. Um, The gentleman in the studio with me this morning is a very remarkable multi-award winning artist um, who's been described as an Muslim artist who's a mirror for Islamic heritage. Mashallah. Now, he is a multi-award winning artist whose work has not just been recognised locally, nationally and internationally, but his effort um, as a mentor and role model have been recognised by the UK Prime Minister in 2014 and he received the Alhambra uh, Award for Excellence in Arts which recognises the best of Muslim contributions to British society. Now his work is a fusion of a variety of different uh, artistic disciplinaries, mostly digital art but we'll find out a little bit more about how he would describe the art himself, but he has been noted for offering a refreshing new take on Islamic art in the 21st century. Assalamu alaikum, Tikster. Walaikum That was quite impressive. That Uh, was, wasn't it? Now I'm going to burn it all down by saying something really stupid now, aren't I? We we will allow you in a moment, but I just want to keep the professionalism going. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, it is (laughs) three minutes past ten. It is Monday morning, and I'm joined by not one, not two, but three fantastic guests in the studio who have just arrived um, and they are going to be keeping you guys entertained and me as well this morning all the way up to 12 o'clock it is the urban cube folks you can join in with any of the conversations that we're going to be having they're quite quirky they're quite light-hearted and hopefully very inspiring as well because we're going to be talking about trending stories we're going to be talking fashion art and food and on the note of food i cannot have a show without our local foodie and celebrity <laughs> chef it's no other than shanaz ayub assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam how, how are you my dear i am late and i have no excuse 
You are allowed to be late. The reason why is because you are a mum on the run who's no. working. No, not no, no, they were all asleep. I was tucking into my hot cross buns. <laughs> I'm more disappointed that she didn't bring anything for us. Oh, it's always that, isn't it? I, uh, you didn't bring art, she didn't bring art. I fly by the night, honestly. Fly by the seat of my pants, literally. And I was tucking into my hot cross buns. I turn around for one second and the cat has gobbled them. So I had to make myself another batch. <laughs> Not fresh ones. These are marks. That's that's a, a cat with an appetite. The cat has just had her breakfast. She has this incredible enthusiasm to eat her weight <laughs> every meal. No, I understand your cat had a bit of an anxiety. It was having anxiety because you guys went away on a bit of a break. <laughs> the cat was traumatised. Yes, it's it's a really it's a lovely cat. She's a pure breed. She's a British short hair. She belongs to my daughter Zara. Um, and uh, she's she is a very expert because she's pure breed. She she's quite a pricey cat, so we have to really watch her. Uh-huh. And my husband gave her. Um, we had roast. And chicken. you're feeding her. <laughs> well, we have to give Buns? her proper food. We have to give her three times a day, but her food. And my husband had given her the other day. We were eating roast chicken, and he said, "Oh, let me give her some." So you mashed it up gave it to her unbeknowing to him that there was a little bone in there and she started choking and all he could see were the pound signs going down the toilet Because we were so petrified that this oh. cat was going to die. But I have given her a bit of tandoori chicken in the past. Okay. Um, it didn't go down well. Don't feed your British short hairs tandoori chicken. Oh, okay. yeah, of course. <laughs> right, folks, I hope this actually gives you lots of confidence in our chef this morning. She's celebrity chef, Shanaz Ayub, who is a published author of a fantastic cookbook. And that cooking book is called? For the... Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Perfectly easy Indian food. Perfectly easy Indian food. And you're going to be giving us some great uh, recipe Thanks. bites this morning, inshallah, because Ramadan is just a couple around of weeks the corner. Around the corner, a week or two weeks away. It's two weeks away. Um, and we will be getting some interesting information from you and how to kind of be nutritional, uh, um, you know, have your diet that's quite nutritional and um, enable you to have the energy to get through the day. And mm. it's going to be a long day because it is going to be quite a long fast as we are quite used to that now. <laughs> We're quite used to that. We've yes. had them quite long for a number of a number of years now, but inshallah we'll be finding out from you now you're not um the only lady in the studio we're also joined by another lovely guest who's been a uh, uh, a guest on the show in the past and i'm absolutely delighted to invite arusa raza into the studio this morning assalamu alaikum arusa assalamu alaikum sorry i was late as well <laughs> it's okay it doesn't matter i want to hear either. her excuse <laughs> but it couldn't top mine <laughs> i do also want to mention she uh, shanaz is a uh a, a solicitor as well oh. so yeah just get your story straight okay. <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's all on track no um yes sorry i was late but thank you so much for having me on the show again but it's awesome having you no need to apologize um and it's an absolute pleasure and thank you for giving up your bank holiday monday to be here with me this morning i mean no, what I'm would you have done to in- be here what would you what would you have done instead Probably what I usually do in my spare time, which is a bit of Netflix, a lot of eating. (laughs) Sounds like fun, sounds like fun. Um, Hatik, what about you this morning? If you weren't on the show, what would you have been doing? I would have been listening to this show. Ah, Ah, Good answer. Good answer. 
that's See, uh, I would right. have been doing that after my Netflix show ended. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. On the repeat, that's a good cue. Yeah, exactly. On the repeat, 8pm yeah. this evening, um, the Urban Cube at Inspire FM. But you can catch it on uh, Facebook Live this morning. We're also iTunes, Spotify, and we're going across Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. So massive big assalamu alaikum to all our listeners. And good morning on Link FM Sheffield and Salam Radio Peterborough. Now, folks, wherever you're listening in from, we'd like to know where that is. So in order to do that, we'd love to hear from you via WhatsApp on 07779481822. Now, today is, uh, believe it or not, Mother Earth Day. It's actual Earth Day today, celebrating um, our love for nature and the environment. Um, And so this is celebrated across the world. And I think what from what I recall in the past, um, people did um, a, a turned off their lights at a certain time in order to save electricity and this was a united thing globally mm. um, to do that so I thought and I did participate I did believe it or not and it was quite fun looking at the stars but it was quite foggy and dark and there was not much and I really wanted to see the stars but I didn't get much of a much of a sight then but um yeah I'm, I'm babbling on on I maybe I need a jelly bean I mean it's national jelly bean day today as well people favorite jelly bean guys peanut butter peanut butter mm, sounds good you don't feed the cat that do you she hasn't had the opportunity but given it she would she would hog them all down <laughs> what about yourself i would have to agree peanut butter peanut yeah. butter jelly bean yeah oh um any of them really any of them in, there's no no excuses just go for any of them yeah, yeah they're all great aren't they there's this new weird one where it's like kind of like weird favors like poop and leaf and grass that I'd avoid, but most jelly beans are quite nice. Blue flavour like. jelly bean. I'm not making this I mean, up. what do you compare that to? I don't <laughs> oh, this not. tastes really like the real thing. Can I just say something? People do not try this at home. It is a mad one this morning. We will get back to the faith-inspired creativity on this show, but do not try that at home. But leaf and what was the other one? Grass. Oh, grass. Try it. It's it's Earth Day today, people. Try it. You know, you, you've got permission to do I'm that. I'm not making up these flavours. No, you're not. You're not, are you? He says. Right, you're not. <laughs> I need to Google now. Um, it's also, folks, National Picnic Day tomorrow, not today. And you know what? It should have been today with everybody being off. Mm. Have you guys... When's the last time you guys been on a picnic? Do you do still do you still do? We picnics? love picnics. Picnics mm. was what we grew up on, actually. Oh, yes. As a community, we'd all go to Bex Hill, which mm. in London, and uh, and bring the diffins. Mm. <laughs> so were there. That's the only way to picnic. Have everything on a huge blanket with a huge group of people and a diffin. Lovely. Everyone brought their own. Brought here everything. Ooh, it was nice. really, really lovely in those days. And now it's become a little bit more civilised. <laughs> civilised? <How's, laughs> what, what do you mean? No more difference, that's for sure. It's, it's all in a hamper and it's all very oh, it's a Western contained, you know, oh. the way it should be. Salads. It's yeah, boring very now. al fresco yeah. and very glorious. But um, <laughs> it's OK to have a salad or two and a sandwich. What would you? What's your favourite ultimate sandwich, guys? I'm really putting you on the spot. It is all about food on this show. We've got to talk about food with Shanaz in the studio, who didn't bring any for us, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fed a cat the breakfast of hot cross buns. Hey. Catch that conversation earlier on in the show, folks. It's just, um, yeah, went over my head, but that's fine. Okie doke. Arusa, favourite sandwich? Oh, um... 
this might sound a little bit of a weird one, but I remember when I was little, um, my mum made, I was about three or four, and my mum made egg sandwiches, and she put them on the table, and I kept sneaking up and having them, and then running away, and then by the end of it, I finished all the egg sandwiches, like, before anyone else had them, so I think I'd have to go with egg sandwiches. Egg sandwiches, yeah. so th- I've got they're, they're your food sandwich goal. Yeah. What about you? Teakster, this is going to be interesting. I've got a couple. If I'm making it, then I'd do like a nice chicken, kind of mayo, kind of salad one. But okay. then I'd do like a tuna nisoa salad as well. Aha. Uh-huh. Sandwich. All right. So t- tell us, yeah. explain that a little bit more. A tuna nisoa. Okay, basic tuna nisoa is, is based on a sal- uh, French type of salad, which is normally tuna, egg, hey, that would be your favourite. Come <laughs> yeah. um, like olives and onions and stuff. And normally it's a salad, but in the, but you basically get that recipe and just shove it between two slices of bread. Just slap it in, yeah. as you do. As you do. As mm. you do. Shanaz, um, yours. Good. It does sound good, doesn't it? It's very. Kind the of shift like, now. Yeah, I know. It's a bit competition. He missed here. out the anchovies. I have to say. <laughs> uh, you want to get it right. You've got to get it right. Yeah. So is is the anchovies that makes the the niswa? Is it called? I niswa? like it with anchovies and parmesan. Oh, that's that's a that's quite an intense flavour. Yeah, no, uh, very it, nice. But that sounded good. But normally it's just the, with like a French dressing kind of like mm. scenario. Uh-huh. Although the Parmesan cheese is new to me. Um, normally it's like spring beans. But anyway, that's a different conversation altogether. Uh. It makes your egg sandwich sound a bit flat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's more to do with sentimental reasons. Uh, I like yeah. it with a bit yeah. of love. Exactly, a bit of a backstory. And it was her mama's cooking. Of course. So it had to be good. Yeah. Can we send a shout out to your mum this morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she's listening today. <gasps> <laughs> But it's okay. Yeah, it's she's okay. in Pakistan, so that's oh, why. She? Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, oh, as you know, my mum, she would be, she would be on there. She'd be calling in. She's absolutely fabulous, and I do want to send out lots of lots of love from the Urban Cube over to your mum in Pakistan. And I'm noticing a lot of people are out there at the yeah. moment. My feed is just full of the most mm-hmm. glorious pictures of Pakistan. It seems to be the destination. It seems mm-hmm. for tour uh, for tourism at the moment. Um, a real celebration of uh, Pakistan um, culture and heritage. And Lahore seems to be the spot to visit. Um, have you ever been to Iksta? Have you been to Pakistan? Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> have you travelled? Unfortunately, I haven't. <laughs> it's normally uh, when I end up in Pakistan, it's like a re- relative fest. And you end up just going to, which is amazing in itself. You re, you know, you visit all your relatives and stuff, but you want to escape and really check out some of the scenery. But you know, you get trapped indoors. And I wish it, next time if I do go there, I really want to go do some major sightseeing. And I, think, I know that's a bit of a downer, but hey. No, that's not a downer. I think there's so much to see in mm-hmm. Pakistan, the the culture, the heritage, um, the history. And I think that's what's been celebrated a lot more so now, which I think is great for the country. Larissa, um, have you ever been? Yes, I have, yes. Uh, Went a few years ago. Um, and did you get to tour around the country? Or? Um Kind of more like the local areas and um, when... Um, we ate in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. That's like a running theme in our family. We like the first thing we do when we go out is where should we eat? So that's like the number one question. Um, so we mm-hmm. went to lots of like food, nice food places, shopping. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the main thing. Yeah. And it's all about the food, isn't it? And mm-hmm. Shanaz, you know all about that. I mean, you are Pakistan somebody that is is the place to go for the food. It's it's amazing. I have never tasted food like I have out there. 
Really? Beautiful. beautiful. Wow. Now you've travelled around the world and you've just come back from Greece on a beautiful <laughs> trip out there. But you have eaten in some remarkable places um, across well, the world. Well, whenever we go anywhere, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I've travelled the world. It's, it's more than uh, me. We've, we've gone to a few places, <laughs> but um, people look out for the touristy places. Yes. I check out the food destinations. Ah. So my whole itinerary is based on that, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, and it's always interesting. I mean, Pakistan was. The, I remember where my father used. Father-in-law used to live in um, in Islamabad. There was a guy that used to sell kebabs on a stall, um, just literally a few blocks down. And I wanted to take him home with me. That food, I've never tasted food like that. Um, and I remember actually on the on the ultimate day that we were there, I must have gone and bought his whole stall out, bought it back to eat, and then all the relatives descended on us to say goodbye. And I just needed to see the back of them so that I could eat this food while it was hot because <laughs> I wasn't going to share it. <laughs> but, oh, Pakistan is just a beautiful country. And I have to say, I mean, I'm an Indian. Mm-hmm. So inviting, so lovely. Um, the people were embracing. They were um, the best hosts. Um, and and a beautiful country full of love and scenery. The scenery is gorgeous. Oh. We went to Mari and uh, Lahore and oh, Mari is really nice. Mari is beautiful. Um, just and, and this is what I'm noticing on all my feeds is mm. that the colours out there are so bright and so vivid because oh, it's it's just so fresh. It's the perfect weather. Well, I think and everything is green. Yeah, I think and it's cool. going to be a real future destination. Definitely, um, it's definitely on my list to go mm. abroad. Um, I mean, I've been I've been to. Uh, parts of Pakistan. I'd really like to go to Lahore. I've never visited there, so that's definitely on my list. Mm. Folks, if you're listening in, this is not a travel show. It is the Urban Cube. You're listening to myself, Shamiza. I'm taking all the way to 12 o'clock. We are joined by no other than Shanaz Ayub, Arusa Raza, and the artist Teekster in the studio this morning. They're going to be talking to us about some of their upcoming events, projects, and um, things that they're involved in. Now, if you'd like to join in with any of the conversation this morning, it is a little bit chaotic, a bit manic, but that's great because it's Monday and this is what we like to like to do and hear. 07779481822. Now, we have been talking about traveling and with travel means you you know you need to have a bit of a budget take a bit of money with you um and there seems to be a lot of people who are actually kind of giving up their day jobs and using the opportunity to kind of go out and just travel um and make that experience a little bit more real and lots of parents um, I'm noticing are kind of taking that opportunity to do so as well I've just been really really inspired by parents who've decided to homeschool their children but also use that as an opportunity to take them around around the world to educate them as well to learn about life skills but out of the classroom Shinaz you're a mother of three absolutely awesome children um and as a mother working professional mother traveling with your children um what is it that you hope they gain from that well anywhere you go um regardless of whether it's with your children or not it's to embrace the culture in different countries mm-hmm. um you go as a tourist but um I'll give you an example, actually. Um, as, as you said, we were, we were just in um, Greece. We went to Santorini, and it was um, uh, full of uh, various tourists from various countries, but predominantly from China and particularly from America. 
and um, and it was sad to see that they weren't really embracing the culture that was going on there and wanted to make it their own almost. Um, and uh, and so to accommodate them, um, in particularly in Santorini, which was what I was quite surprised about, everything is written in Chinese as well. Oh wow. Um, I was quite surprised. Um, so they, they should call get... it Santa China. Santa China. <laughs> that, that's was... remarkable. That must be because they do get a lot of tourists from China. Then they must be. It about... was absolutely. It was difficult to see which country you were in um, because there was. So... And it's lovely. It's beautiful that everyone is seeing different parts mm. of the world. Uh, but I think that when you go to another country, you definitely have to embrace the culture and all sides of that community. You have to see the, the poverty-stricken areas mm. um, as well as you know the more um, touristy areas mm. which are more commercial um, last year we went to Sri Lanka and um, I was it was lovely the scenery is beautiful everything's lovely um, but it was really important to go and see the other side of mm. life there mm. and we visited um, a couple of the girls orphanages which was um, it was mind-blowing and it was uh, the girls are used to the children my, my two daughters and my son are probably used to seeing this because it's what I expose to them it's important to go and see as I say always say the dark side of life right. because it, mm-hmm. it makes you humble as a person and it balances it balances you um, and that's important so we we went and spent quite a lot of time in these places mm-hmm. actually and um, uh, they were just so lovely though their, their outlook on life is so different and they're actually in a very enviable position because they're a group of girls that are growing up together as a family and they all keep in touch with each other. That's their own Mm -hmm. little community that they all grow up in. Um, And so instead of having one or two siblings that most of us have, they have 15, 16, up to 20 and they stay in touch with one another forever. And that's actually more... I just looked at them and thought, you know, you might not have your mum and dad, but look at what you've got in uh, instead of that, which is um, which was beautiful, which was beautiful to see. You Very mean, happy girls. You mentioned Sri Lanka, and unfortunately the weekend we heard the devastating, Very horrific sad. news of the um, mm. bombings that uh, uh, had happened there. And... Um, Heartfelt prayers Very. and thoughts with the the lives lost and the families who've been impacted by this, and uh, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa taala grant them, you know, um, the highest highest place mm-hmm. in Janet Firdos and our condolences as a studio and everybody from um, Inspire FM, inshallah, um, going out to those the lives lost. Um, it was just horrific, and they horrific. are the nicest, nicest, most humble people you will ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, they they go out of their way for you. They are so kind, so humble, and that was very very sad to see yesterday. It shouldn't have. Well, it shouldn't happen anywhere. Place of worship. This, well, it's it seems just... to be the target, doesn't it? And it's, it's very, very sad to have seen that in any culture, in any religion, um, to experience and in any place, devastation. Be like that in a place of worship or just, you know, out of there in any place. When's this going to stop? Well, it's a really it's sad because it's a develop. It's still a developing country, oh, um, and the efforts that have been made by the government to mm-hmm. make that place the way it is, and then for something like that to happen, is is awful. And I hope they gain the support and attention to develop the country as as has Notre Dame. Um, the church. Well, that would be you know, interesting to see. We quite, I mean, um, as an artist, Teekster, you know, the, the the fire in the church of uh, Notre Dame. Um, I mean, it was it was awful to see it burning, um, but the outpour and attention was 
really quite something on um, social media. But what was really quite um, interesting uh, was the, the amount of billionaires that had come and put money forward to rebuild yeah, I mean, the it's monastery. Kind of, it's kind of like a confusing situation. Like, yeah, I understand that's a international heritage site, mm-hmm. Notre Dame's world famous. But on the back, so I understand that people want to rebuild it, but I'm like... If they got those guys can do that in less than twenty four hours, mm. is it is it was it just to show off or is it just personal interest? I mean, how, how come they're not doing it? With other heritage sites, other situation. Where were them? You know, but twenty four hours ago, I didn't hear any of them uh, say, "Yep, Selenka, I'll help you." Mm. I mean, is it just you know? I'm, I'll be interested in their personal motivation mm. behind mm. it. Uh, yes, I, some of them are French, so maybe that's because. You know, that's their own personal like site they want okay. to invest in rather than, you know, people with when you have an alien society which you're not familiar with, you're a bit more hesitant. But it proves that but it proves that um people have the ability to help others. It's up to them to choose if they want to help or not. So it's a selected choice really. It what it what meets uh, what is more important to them. Um quite an un it's it's their choice it's their money they can choose to spend it where they wish to Um, we'll be catching up with more of the current trending news stories around the world and also finding out who actually built Stonehenge you're going to be quite surprised with that answer I want to ask you guys quickly who do you think actually built Stonehenge it wasn't our builder because he's nowhere near (laughs) finished what he was supposed to have done (laughs) six months ago Pass, pass. Go on, alien society. An alien society. Back to that again, possibly. <laughs> Folks, you are listening to the Urban Q. We're having um, some intriguing conversations with my awesome guests in the studio. You can join in with any of the conversations that you wish to on 07779481822. We are heading to a break. After the break, of, I'm going to ask you could a cashless society work for you? That's our topic of conversation. Um, could a cashless society work for you? It's really going back back to the old days um, when everything was all about cash in your pocket. So join me straight off this from me. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. And assalamu alaikum. It is 10.30, Monday 22nd of April. You're listening to The Urban Queue with Misha Miser, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock. And it's Bank Holiday Monday. Wow, how has your weekend been, folks? I hope you've had a gloriously productive weekend and you're still continuing to have a restful break um, because it's it's Monday and it means a lot of you are off work. So are the children as well. Um, I've had the pleasure of being in great company this morning and you can actually catch them on Facebook. Um, I, I believe we have uh, viewers all the way in Pakistan this morning observing us or observing my awesome guest, Arusa Raza in the studio she's actually been told from pakistan <laughs> to sit up straight smile more and do her hair um shafina if you're listening my dear thank you so very much for tuning in this morning and getting the whole family to watch arusa it's an absolute pleasure do 
keep, keep the conversation going with us on Facebook. We would love to find out um, what you're all up to. I mean, what's the weather like there this morning? And what have you guys had for breakfast? And I'm, I'm assuming it's now lunchtime. Is it five hours um, there ahead? So, yeah, my mum, like, landed a few hours. <laughs> oh, bless! She landed a few hours ago. A few hours ago, yeah. I got a call at three in the morning, which was, like, I'm here. And then I was, and I got, like, another call at, like, seven in the morning. And I was like, that's how I know the time difference. That's awesome. Now, in the studio with me this morning, I am joined by multi-award winning artist Teekster, sharing his upcoming projects, which is actually one project is based in Luton, which I'm super, super excited to hear about um we're going to be getting some pre-ramadan food bites with celebrity chef and tv presenter of the popular cooking series for the love of food and she's going to be talking to us about healthy eating for ramadan and some great recipe suggestions and the upcoming wcw event focusing on mental health um that is shanaz ayub and we're also joined by the very very delightful arusa raza now she's a politics graduate who's passionate about women's rights and enjoys reading and writing as well as her interest in examining pop culture and representation in the media she has a has had a po- had her poetry published and she is working in the charity sector too as well as in higher education firstly guys um i want to say a massive big assalamu alaikum to you starting off with shanaz assalamu alaikum shanaz have we woken up my dear I, uh, so, yes <laughs> can i also say um assalamu alaikum to my wcw women who are listening in um uh, Shazia Afzal, who was here last week, I think. She was. Yeah. A massive big salam to Shazia salam, Afzal. Salam, Shazia. I heard what you said about me last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you heard what she said about you, because many people couldn't hear, unfortunately. For some reason, the technical glitch meant that uh, the audio wasn't feeding out. But we've got the podcast on that show page, um, which has been very well received. So thank you, Shazia, and thank you, um, uh, Lobia, for joining us from WC Women Connect. Women. Connecting women, women yeah. which we're going to be talking to Shanaz later on about yeah. what that means and the upcoming event. Arusa, you have a fan club that's inter local and international, um, and all the way from Pakistan this yes. morning, which is awesome, awesome, awesome to hear about. Now, you're somebody that's really passionate about women's issues as well, so I'm sure you're going to be quite interested and intrigued to hear about what um, Shanaz is involved, yes. involved in. Um, you're a published poet as well, as somebody working in the higher education sector too. Too. Yes. Um, how are you balancing life with your creativity and charity work and the education sector? Um, I like to keep busy, so so it keeps me occupied. Um, and yeah, I'm always someone that I've always had many different interests, mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about many different things. So um, yeah, I like to keep my time occupied. So yes, yeah, good way to do that. It sure is. And somebody else who's always on the go with spray cans and paintbrushes and community activism is no other than Teekster, an award-winning artist who's in the the only brother in the studio, but that should not be a problem because Marshall is able to kind of very well, he's very engaged in all the conversations we've had this morning. Um, are you somebody that's all about in female empowerment through your creativity, Teekster? Oh, I just thrown one at you. No, I'm all right. I mean, I'm just surrounded by women. I mean, if I say anything, you know, anti-feminism or something, I'm sure we'll oh, get beaten up. Switch the mic off. We might go down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of a strange kind of like thing. The kind of like sometimes when you hear about the fem- a female movement, because there's different levels to it. I mean, to be honest, in our 
Islamic culture was almost promoted, like you had Fatima, who started her own university and stuff. And I think it's not till like the Western, um, how would you say, takeover of our kind of like lands and stuff. Oh, this is going to sound strong. They kind of like demonize, well, kind of reduce the status of women. And then they carry that, that kind of like mentality up to today. So it's like a lot of females, they can actually do stuff. But then due to whatever reason, they're kind of like... Um, in the past, thought they can't achieve as much, and now they've given, you know, they've have they've got their own voice now. They're doing things that they mm-hmm. like. Um, to me, I think that's pretty incredible, amazing, and very forward thinking. But in a in a weird way, it's almost not. Okay, it's like, yeah, this should be happening. Why is it so amazing? I mean, yes, you, sometimes you have peer pressures from you know families and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know. This should be the norm, but you know what do I know? I know, but you've you've raised a very interesting point there. That historically, Muslim women or um, and women of color have always been yeah. quite dominant in um, the work world. Like Khadija uh, was like a yeah, of course, a, you know, really good business woman. The most tremendous businesswoman of her time, mashallah, um, and a, and the most wonderful example to women all over the world historically. But yet, it's taken a long time for people to kind of maybe aware, be aware of that or acknowledge that. I did at a later stage in my life when I started reading more. And knowledge is where you gain so many answers. And education is is so predominantly fixed in our faith that you should read, read, read and learn. Um, and uh, it's, so, but Arusa, you're nodding your head, so you're obviously <laughs> supporting this uh, yeah, conversation. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, but you raised some very interesting points, so thank you for that, um, Tikster. So Arusa, your thoughts on that, and about female empowerment and education in the sense that um, that we have always had this power, this voice, um, but why is it coming through now more predominantly? I think it's a lot to do with systematic change that's happening as well. So um, I think um, people having conversations, women feeling more empowered, mm-hmm. but I think also women having that platform as well to kind of um, start those conversations and speak for themselves as opposed to having others speak on mm-hmm. their behalf. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people can have good intentions, but perhaps they don't always... Um, put the message forward as well as someone that is actually going through that situation could. So I think it is a lot to do with um, sort of a systematic change happening as well when people kind of, as you said, reading more. Mm. Um, I think like there's more awareness as well um, that's currently taking place. But I also think that there is still kind of a really long way to go. So I think right. there's been improvements. There's been, um, you know, a lot of... Um, focus on education, female empowerment, but I think there is also a long way to go in terms of just making women more aware that you do have this power and you do have this support in place and there is a support system as well there for you. So I think it's about um, just making women aware of the power that they have and the support that they have should they wish to speak up and should they wish to kind of exercise that power. And that power is something that Shanaz is very much part of at the moment with Women Connecting Women is a charity that is enabling women, not just locally, but nationally as well, to come together from all different platforms to celebrate the achievements of women and kind of engage the next generation of what they can achieve. 
Well, this is um, uh, an organisation that we started. Um, it, it was the brainchild, actually, um, of uh, a, a guy, um, Azad, who uh, is one of the managers of Crescent Hall. It's a venue in Luton. And because of him and his contacts, a lot of us got together, a lot of us, um, as we say, like-minded women, and we're of all different professions. Um, and I've just met some really inspiring people. Um, we've all got our heads together. We've all decided that we want to give back to this community. Aruso, you would be so welcome to be part of this um, group of members that we have because you can actually um, provide so much inspiration, so much information, so much support. But, and insight. And it's not just within our Luton community. It's for everyone. And it's not just for Asian women. It's for everybody. Because mm -hmm. I, through my line of work, I'm a child protection lawyer. I see different sections of our society and how we're all affected by one common theme and it seems to be um, mental health right. because mental health is what's getting these people into this situation mm -hmm. which makes them end up in court where their mm -hmm. children have been neglected or abused in some way and it's, it's a terrible thing to see. But Women Connecting Women have a motto and we say that our mission um, is to support women, embrace their power, value and purpose in life. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be a professional, you have to be be educated you have to be anything you can be anyone but a lot of women want to be not just anyone they want to be someone mm -hmm. but they don't know where to go or what to seek and this organization enables them to go out there um, and and find what they're looking for so every month or so we set up seminars and the wonderful thing is that these are free seminars um, and it's in Crescent Hall so it's done really beautifully you feel like you're going somewhere special and it's ladies only um, so you can let your hair down we have stalls there as well for anyone that wants to advertise their business it's a minimal um, payment but you have the opportunity of advertising your stall there we've got a holistic one beauty um, we have a couple of food ones as well so it gives people a good opportunity there but more importantly we have professionals that come along and talk about their business mm -hmm. their profession and where people can go so the one that we've got on the 3rd of May starting from six o'clock in Crescent Hall is focusing on mental health because when we had our soft launch um, a month or so ago um, we asked um, the uh, people that had attended and it was a massive attendance um, for what you know the soft launch which we didn't particularly advertise wildly but we, we ended up getting such a fantastic response and we did a survey and, and what women were coming up with was that they wanted um, seminars on depression, anxiety and stress. And that wow. just says it all, doesn't yeah. it? They don't want to know about makeup tips and, you know, how to do a dip dye and, you know, how to thread or whatever. They want to know about what's affecting them. Mm. And that really told us something. Mm. And we want to be able to point them in the right direction, know for them that there is help available for them. We all suffer with a degree of mental health. Whatever anyone says, every single human being isn't perfect. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm somewhere on the spectrum. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> I am. <laughs> Some strange things. But, um, but you have raised a, a, a very, very important point. Mental health impacts everybody. Nobody's kind of exempt from it. Um, but it's knowing how to deal with it if it impacts and overwhelms well, you. And, and the problem that I have is that because of the work that I do and more and more, you know, child protection cases are involving I know I haven't said we're specifically for the Asian community but I do see a lot more mm -hmm. Asian cases that are coming through the door where um, this neglect is 
not drug and alcohol fueled. This is neglect as a result of the mother who is the you know, the caregiver for these children and who is suffering from mental health because of what's going on at home. And anything she's going through is, of course, going to impact on the children. Our tone wow. decides the tone of the household. It dictates the tone of the household. If I'm in a bad mood, that whole house is in a bad mood. And I suspect that's the same for every household. So it's really important for women to feel good about themselves mm. because if we feel good about themselves, that is what's going to... Um, that's what's going to pour down, you know, to... To our children and make them feel more positive about themselves because their behavior is acted out in in schools where it's noticed and then brought to the attention of services you've raised some very very valuable and interesting points thank you for that shinaz um Teekster, you're listening in you're somebody that actually works in the arts um, and creative industry as a successful award-winning artist um who's not just worked locally but has been recognized internationally as well you're actually working with young children we've talked about how mental health um, impacts the whole household and it actually is now filtering more and more down trickling down to children more so it's really quite sad to see the number of surveys or number of research and um, reports now talking about how young these children are that have been impacted by mental health um what i'm wanting to um put forward to you teacher is your is is mental health an area that you kind of work um, around through art I think uh, especially now it's kind of funny because a lot of people are actually talking how art is actually quite a good thing for therapy Mm -hmm. and there's an art based learning and stuff and funny thing is is that Islamic culture promoted that I mean for example the old school mustards which were built back in the you know Ottoman days they knew the importance of sound so the entire acoustics in mustards were kind of like created so to echo the voices in the Adan and they knew that 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 would have a soothing effect unlike you know these mm. new speakers they shove in these buildings with the yeah, echo yeah, effect yeah, and yeah. stuff but they knew the importance of colors and sounds and you know and the importance of the actual health mental benefits mm. that it could cause us and especially now when in the UK government art, arts council and whatnot where the funding is greatly reduced and arts is actually being pulled from like uh, curriculum and they think it's more of a luxury um, but then now they realize the importance of it especially if you're like from a, a poor background or from a device area there's not much for for a person in those kind of like situation to have a creative outlet mm-hmm. so then i use like the you know run workshops r- workshops another like um sessions with the children to give them a kind of like creative session to have a you know an outlet an outlet for mm-hmm. herself plus at the same time uh, with some of the minorities I use the arts to actually connect with their heritage as well because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you know when you read the media and stuff and they're, they're like okay I'm part of this terrorist religion it doesn't do anything but when you say actually no if you look at your heritage and um, and see what they've done in the past mm-hmm. I mean I can't really it's kind of funny because when our you know the first generation came here the only primary thing they came was to work 
and get money and support the family back home. They had no time for arts. They had no time for luxuries. You know, it was just work, 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 which is understandable because, you know, as you know, the role model, as the fatherhood, you're just trying to worry about your family. But, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they've heard about the NHS that kicked in and, you know, simple luxuries mm-hmm. like that. So then they end up staying raising families here. So there's also an element of with some of the younger guys, there's also this identity crisis is where do I belong? So using this kind of like art classes and workshops, there's almost like a, a kind of like connection to their parish and actually, you know, they could be some be proud of something of creating something which mm-hmm. is also not only visually stunning and you know mentally soothing but it's also a connection to their you know artistic past that you know I like to reinforce with mm. the children and this artistic past that you're helping to reinforce with the children in Burry Park I understand in yes. Luton you're doing a workshop so tell us a little bit about this workshop oh, okay so this is in partnership with Revolution Arts mm-hmm. so um we're working together to basically create a mini mural with mm-hmm. the children. So there's actually a conversation where we actually kind of put this finished mural in a public space okay. in Luton Town Centre. Don't quote me on that, but that's where it's going. So I'm kind of like engaging with these children. And it's cool. when I was talking to some of the participants who are helping to me organise the event, they're kind of like, they're kind of like concerned that sometimes art, is actually seen as elitist thing okay and actually something which is outside their mm-hmm. realm they mm-hmm. think yeah it's just for museums it's not for mm-hmm. us it's for people who've lost lots of money and then i have to like uh disagree with that i say art is not a luxury mm-hmm. especially in the islamic culture it's a necessity and it's a necessity to surround you with, with beauty and that's really important and why do i say that's important because rather than living in a concrete jungle the whole reason behind Islamic art is actually of a constant reminder of the, you know, um, of basically Allah, and you're revived by his superiority. So the beauty is a constant reminder also because the visuals kind of like zikr. So it's funny now when we, we've taken all down these, like, you know, beautiful Islamic art and put, like, posters or whatnot on, I don't know, Justin Bieber, who knows, right? And there's people losing that identity, kind of like... Um, connection they're losing it so my kind of like objective is actually to encourage art in even in the home place or workshop or something so there's that connection and understanding that you know that visual kind of like constant visual sicker so you're reminded of the you know the almighty at the end of the day and the problem is i think nowadays is that i think some the muslims in western society or just muslims or we have we're suffering from this euphoria inferiority complex like our stuff isn't good enough we're almost ashamed to show our islamic heritage in in the arts um i don't know why that is because you go to like some you know in old morocco egypt oh we should yeah forget about that country um what? don't <laughs> but, forget about that country what are you trying to say quickly is <laughs> no because some people are trying to like um some, sometimes in the middle east they're rather than building uh, buildings or architecture with like mm. Islamic heritage they're trying to like clone the west and they're kind of like ideals and what kind artistic of artistic like, aesthetics yes okay and it's just concrete jungles they're forgetting their roots they're kind of like the building stuff because you know we were like our culture was like the you know forefront of creativity and now sort of so all of a sudden we're not good enough mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I find that quite appalling and interesting you mentioned about heritage and this crossover there there it has 
what's fascinating is something that I've been uh, reading up about is this the fact that Stonehenge I did ask this question guys Stonehenge and who the question before the break was which group of people were responsible for building Stonehenge okay there is actually a Muslim connection here believe it or not guys did you um, Arusa did you come up with anything are you actually googling young no, lady I'm, I'm messaging my mum I'm, I'm definitely oh, yeah, not I'm Right, everybody message your mothers to find out what the answer is. Shanaz, I'm going to let you have a go. Take a guess. I have no idea. I mean, no. No? Come on, Atik, you're the artist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm an artist, not a history expert. Hey, hey, history art. You've just been giving us some Islamic history. Do you know what I have to say? While everyone is Googling, going back to what you were saying, Tixta, about Islamic art, I mean, it is the most beautiful Mm -hmm. art. I mean, I have it plastered all over my home because... It's apart from anything else, it gives such a warm feeling to the soothing. house to see. It's very soothing. It's very therapeutic. Um, you know the curves, the colours, everything mm-hmm. are just so gorgeous. And then apart from anything else, the message that it gives within the calligraphy itself mm-hmm. is beautiful. So you're constantly yeah. reminded of that, and that's a really peaceful thing. But one thing I have to say is that I remember where there was that time when a lot of the um, prominent designers were using Islamic calligraphy. Oh yeah, like William Morrison. That's right. Um in in within their designs. Mm, mm, mm. And then I think because, you know, it was Islamic that they were told that they couldn't obviously have it on a model that was wearing little to nothing. Mm. Um and that was right. But but I think there is there is a real appreciation for our art because it is so incredibly beautiful. Um and it is noticed, but I think you're right. I think it needs to be brought more in the forefront of, of what's going on. And I know that whenever I'm Googling um for art to buy, it's quite difficult to find um, you know, uh, stuff that is affordable apart from anything else. Um, I think there is, there are pieces that are affordable, but I think what, as an artist yourself, you must, uh, you, you must come up with this wall all the time that you know you're not being valued for your creativity. And I think a lot of Muslim artists struggle with that. Um, funny you should say about that because there's, it's, it's. Well, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. It's like some people are willing to spend about £10,000 on some Gucci gear, which is made in China. Mm. Yet nobody's willing to spend £100 on a personalised hand piece of calligraphy, which is mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like people don't appreciate or they don't see value in that. In, in, even though they see a name in the brand or something, they think that's more valuable than a... Mm-hmm. particular skill so yeah, I don't know if that's just fan or brandalism you know brandalism I yeah. like that word but you do raise a very very interesting point and um Arusa I'm coming back to you my dear yes. what did your mum text you all the way from Pakistan what's she saying has she kind of given you any support on answering this question no no um unfortunately she hasn't um so I will pass this question <laughs> but uh, would you like to reflect on anything that's been said today about um hist- uh, sort of heritage and Islamic art and and female empowerment. There's lots of conversations that have been had in the room today, and I've, I do feel that somebody in, in, in of your caliber, especially who's passionate about empowering um, women and activism, 
Is this something that you are working on or working towards? Yeah, so I've definitely been trying to um, kind of read more about um, women in history whose kind of achievements have been erased. So um, one of the women that I came across, she was um, in ancient Egypt. She was um, a pharaoh. She was one of the most successful leaders they ever had. She, um, She won wars brought a lot of wealth into the country, um, but eventually her reign was erased. Um, knowledge of her existence was erased. Um, her name was taken out of the country. Monuments were destroyed that she had built. Um, and this was due to the kind of power dynamics at the time of her being her, a woman and challenging the kind of mm-hmm. um, perceptions of women in power at the time. So I think it's definitely about reading and finding out more about these figures in history that perhaps we're not that aware of or we learn of in school. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of history has been erased, or can I use the term whitewashed? Um, And there are lots of universities that are actually now looking at their syllabuses and actually looking at focusing more on the true version of history and these individuals that have made a difference. Now we're heading off to the break. We're still going to be talking to everybody this morning about cashless society. Um, Could it work for you? And um, as uh, Teaster was talking about brands and Gucci's and bags, I'm actually going to show them an image of one. Um, uh, And we're going to be talking about what this bag is worth. But um, yeah, it's a bucket bag. (laughs) Um, So we're going to be talking about this bucket bag straight after this. Asalaamu Alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. 11 o'clock exactly, Monday 22nd of April and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on where else? It's the Urban Cube. 12 o'clock is when we will be wrapping up on the show. It's already 11 o'clock, guys. One more hour left and so much to talk about. It's gone by very, very quickly the first hour or so and we're still in the studio with three awesome guests who've given up their bank holiday morning to be with me. Thank you so very much, Shanaz. Shanaz Ayub is a, our local celebrity chef who's really making her mark in the world of culinary delights on a an award. Well, it's not an award winning yet, but it should be. It really should be. It really should be. <laughs> it's um, for the love of food. You, it's not the first first series. We're actually on the second series we're of the, the show. We're on the second series and actually we're going to be uh, filming a Ramadan series as well, awesome. which is separate from the one that we're doing at the moment. The one that's showing at the moment is an ongoing one. So um, in between trials, when I get a chance, I, I film. So it's an ongoing thing in terms of the existing series right. where we go to all, we explore all the halal restaurants in, uh, in and around um, London, far off places. And, um, and we rate them on, well, I rate them on the food and the ambience. I love it. It's the princess job. It is a princess <laughs> it is job. Lovely. It is lovely. Although, um, last episode or so, I was asked to eat brains, lamb's brains. I found that really, really hard. I did find it hard, but I overcame my anxiety, tasted it. Um, enjoyed it but I probably wouldn't have it again but um, you do have to sometimes eat stuff that you wouldn't normally 
let yourself pass your lips but it's but but that's just a very small part of it most of it is absolutely lovely the hosts have all gone out of their way because they know that it's great advertising for them and uh, the food is um you, you're just from all over the world you're, you're just saying how it is aren't you you're just revealing everything <laughs> it really but it really scenes. we don't understand and i don't think we know how um diverse halal cuisine um, the availability of halal food is, is everywhere and it's all different cuisines and I, I think you really have to investigate it for yourself mm-hmm. to know that we have such a wealth of opportunity in terms of tasting finally, different foods from finally, all over the world. Um, finally, it was a struggle a, g- a good 10 years ago to actually find food or find places that you could go and eat at that were halal. So it's wonderful you're kind of educating mm. the viewers, taking them on this culinary um, journey, journey with you yes. and now you're moving on to the special Ramadan series now on the mm. show this morning you're going to be giving us some um, Ramadan recipes uh, inshallah yes. and it's g- all going to be mostly about healthy eating though because I Fantastic. think you know the days are long we've had a few years mm. of this now where people do struggle they become very dehydrated they're not eating stuff that really sustains them mm. for the whole day and it's not about eating heavy food it's about eating slow release food and it's about educating yourself mm. in that respect to make these long days seem a lot easier um than what they should be so of course you know you when you go to the middle east the days are so much shorter um people are off it's holiday all all month round so they're sleeping for most of it which is wonderful and in those countries it is so much easier but of course we've got responsibilities here we have to work so um it, it is about keeping ourselves alert for that month where we can go on about our daily day without without really feeling mm-hmm. the effect of it Absolutely. So we're going to be finding out a little later, um, very shortly actually, not too late, on some recipes that you would suggest um, to kind of enable the energy levels to kind of cross through those uh, working long working days in Ramadan um, also in the studio we're joined by the very delightful Arusa Raza who is uh, a, a on the show once again. It's yeah. an absolute pleasure to have you join us this morning, Arusa. Um, now, listening to uh, Shanaz talking about foods that she's had to taste, has there anybody? Has there been a dish that you've you've like um, been quite adventurous and tried, um, but uh, thought never again? Um, I like most food. <laughs> So I'll I'll usually try um, a lot of different things. I think, um, as you were saying, I think it's really good that there's a lot more halal food out Mm -hmm. there these days. And I think, um, especially I think for, um, with I think social media, it's easy to find where where those restaurants are. Um, You can also see if the quality of food is good as well. So there's um, a few Instagram um, pages that I follow. So if I'm out with my friends and we're deciding where we want to go, what type of food we want to eat, we'll just look and be like, this is halal, this is nice. Um, funnily enough though I did do that once and I ended up regretting it so um, I read um, I read a review on um, a halal blog about this restaurant the food looked really nice um, so I went with my friends um, and I actually didn't end up finishing the food and funnily enough the very next day a new review came out by the same blog that said the food had actually gone down in quality oh my goodness so I was like if it only was the day before I wouldn't have like, <laughs> wasted it she needs to watch my I series it. yeah I, I will be doing that now so <laughs> um so you you're are you quite intrigued by Shinaza's series you think yes. you'll be following yeah, that definitely, now definitely definitely yes especially you mean you're not already <laughs> <laughs> um Shinaz, when is this series on 
so the current series um, mm-hmm. comes on. Um, it differs in time. It's usually Saturday morning. Um, the other day it started at 9.40. Sometimes it's at 10.30. So just make sure that you um, look on the guide to see what time it's starting. Or just don't move away day. from the screen. No, no, no. <laughs> just wait for me the whole week. <laughs> I wish. And what channel is um, this? And this is on Islam Channel. So if you're, um, uh, if you have Sky, then it's seven two seven. Virgin mm. is eight three eight. Mm. Yes, it's yeah. a really good show. I really enjoyed it. Doing it is, it. and I, I really have did. watched it, and I've really enjoyed it. And it's always, and your presence on screen is always fabulous. And the food, yes, obviously, I'm watching the, the food. food too. Exactly. Um, Arusa, the question I asked, there were two things I asked. Was basically. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, the uh, Stonehenge, everybody knows of what Stonehenge is. It's a monumental site with lots of history. Um, but uh, can I was asking everybody, do they know who actually built it? There's been a lot of mystery surrounding this. Um, and there's always been a lot of curiosity. Exactly what is it? What's it there for? Um, any, any guesses? I heard Turkish being said. So. Ah, she heard. Well, you're right. I can't uh, claim the answer myself. I did hear it, yeah. So DNA has suggested that there is some historical link with some Turkish migrants that have came over and brought it uh, brought it across to Britain very, very, very many years ago. Teeks, I want to ask you um, your thoughts on that. Was that a surprise to you when you heard the Turkish connection? But yeah, I, I mean... I'm actually quite surprised about that. Although I probably would, they would have been classified as Turkish at the mm-hmm. time, and probably a different empire. But that this country has been invaded so many times, so it doesn't really shock me anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, because what it's saying is the or- DNA reveals origin of the builders. So they didn't bring it across; they actually it was the origin of the builders, and that's where the connection is. So they've um, looked at the DNA of the skeletons yes. that they found of the people surrounded in that area. But how did they determine that they were from Turkey? Well, I will read through the whole article, or I can post it on the Facebook <laughs> site. I'm just intrigued. This is it five thousand years ago. It is. It's um, they were the early farmers that um, migrated and they travelled across the west across the Mediterranean so it was they were part of the Neolithic Britons of that time that were descended from um, groups who took that Mediterranean route so that settled in that area and this is where the researchers analysed the DNA of those early British farmers and then they found them mostly resembled closely to the Neolithic people from Liberia, modern Spain and Portugal and um, then Turkey as well. Oh my goodness. What were the guys who were thinking? Oh, look at this horrible hot weather. I know, we'll go somewhere where it rains all the time <laughs> and it's really cloudy. The food yeah. is bland. <laughs> yeah, let's go over there and let's build this stone thing. What yeah, were they thinking? <laughs> oh, they, well, you know what? That's history for you. So um, mm. that was a little bit of a history lesson there now moving on um what i want to talk more so about is the topic of today's com- um, show is cashless society guys mm-hmm. cashless society could you live um could you try living in a society that is cashless would it work for you so that everything based around cards online payments and banking has to be now cashless and so none of the rest none of the online is um going to be uh, you're not going to be accessing that. You're not going to be using your cards. Could you live like that? Arusa, starting off with yourself, um, is because I think Shanaz and I come from a generation where we, we did work with cash only. Well, our mothers did anyway. Yeah. But uh, what, could you do that, do you think? Could you go a week without go- using your online banking or oh. transactions oh no i don't think i could <laughs> could you not <laughs> no. no i don't think i could i think um i like online shopping a lot 
I'd find I'd find it quite difficult. I probably online shop more than I should, um, but yeah, no, I think I'd I'd find it difficult not to kind of have that available to me, um, buy whenever I want, um, kind of have those funds. So yeah, I don't think I could. What about you, Teekster? Could you? Oh, are we take saying we're waking up one day and then money's wiped? No, no, you're not allowed to access your Visa card. You're not going to shop with your Visa card. You're not going to shop online. Oh, cash in hand. It's business. just cash in hand. Oh. Cash is king, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I'm, if we're gonna go that, I'd rather go down to you know carrying like you know bags of gold around, uh, gold coins to make sure you 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 know you you got exactly what you wanted. Uh-huh. Um, do you know what? I've actually read this incorrectly because what? a cashless society is one that you don't have cash. You no, only no, online cashless bank. cashless society. Oh, I could live in a cashless society. Cashless society is digital currency. Yes. So yes. Sweden. Um, apparently is going to be the first ones um, to adopt banknotes they were the first ones to adopt banknotes in in the European society they're going to be introducing their own digital currency in 2021 and they'll be the world's first cashless society in 2023 so now that is I do apologise, I turned it around I'm going to bring it back again so could you live in a society that is only using online and visa cards basically digital Digital, yeah. Digital. Digital, digital yeah, life. I think that's really, what it is. To be honest, it's really, we're at that stage anyway. And I, as, as even though I work in the digital world, mm-hmm. I'm the biggest technophobe in the world. I hate computers. I hate that there's wow. going to be more room for corruption, more room for fraud. Um, I mean, for example, I once had to pay something and it was like a thousand pounds. And I just put out a card and dude, there it went. But then one day that I went to this mechanic, he wanted cash in hand. I was like, okay, as they do. So I pulled out, was it, 300 quid? And I was like, ooh, was I holding that money in my hand? I was like, <laughs> wow, 300 quid, that's that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. When you're looking at it visually, yeah. it makes you feel yeah. like that's a yeah. lot of and money. And I just burnt a thousand pounds by electronically and I didn't think. And to be honest, it's just going to cause more debt, more problems. And, and that's the key and, thing, but, but the thing debt. Is, it's easy. You just don't think about it. I mean, before I, I used to like have money on my me, and and I used to be really strict. Like that's my budget for the week. Mm-mm. When that cash goes, mm. I'll wait till next week. Now with this tapping thing, you're like just tapping, tapping, tapping. People mm. come up to you, tap, 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 and you're burning cell. You're you're burning money. You don't even realize it. So yeah. I just think it's all negative. That's true. But because it's easy, mm. it's more flexible. People are going to go down that route. I mean, we are going to go down that route. Um, unfortunately for better or for worse. But I think also that in terms of fraud, I mean, how many businesses do you go to where they only accept cash? Or you'll mm-hmm. go and they'll say, oh, you know, our, our, um, oh, our yeah, card they, machine has broken yeah, today. Yeah, but they, they, they do, do like, they're doing off-the-books kind of, like, stuff. Yeah, so that stops them from doing that, which is a good thing. See, Arusa, Arusa you're somebody that's only known this, yes. I'm assuming, whereas, like, our experience is slightly different because mm-hmm. we've come from a generation that uh, where we, we did have cash in hand mm-hmm. and we were worked with checkbooks do you still own a check does anybody own a checkbook no no, no, no i do you do yes i still write checks but not many places accept them what about you arusa do you have a checkbook i don't have a checkbook do you know no. Checkbook is? no i do yeah i think i had one like years ago but I, 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 i've never used it no because the new thing now is you don't need to sign anything it's going to be a thumbprint oh that's just that's just bad. like so no signing no pin code oh it's a God. thumbprint I can see identity theft going through the roof it now. is crazy because you're not able to manage oh my God, our money imagine if you were one of these mobsters you're like let's chop off his finger <laughs> 
I'm being serious. That's not even a joke. Okay, let's not put ideas in people's heads. <laughs> no, but I literally anymore. did burn my thumb in the oven the other day. And that's it. You can't access your money now. And I couldn't access my bank account. Wow. Because it's um, it's uh, on the mobile. It's, uh, what do you call it? Thumbprint yeah. recognition. And I couldn't access it because wow. I had burnt the skin off my it is, And it was so swollen. So there are inconveniences to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I've forgotten and my password. But I, also, I also do think there are some um, positives as well, okay. I think, to it. Because um, I think if, say, if you don't have cash on you, if you don't have change on you, mm-hmm. and you need to um, get a taxi, you could just get an Uber. It goes straight out of your bank. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry. If you're in a situation, you just tap. And, and, and you can track your car, you know where it is, you have um, identity verification, you know who your driver is. So I think there are some positives as well to having um, sort of that kind of system in place as well. It's easier. It is See, definitely like, easier. Easy. Too easy. <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. Um, and But are you able to budget and balance your books do you have do you stick to your your like limit of spending or do you just not care are you quite frivolous i I don't to to be honest i think most of my money goes on food okay so so i think i think i find that i think i find (laughs) that quite easy to to kind of manage it's usually if i'm out with my friends um yeah i tend to spend more on food more than anything else but um i think it's actually a positive as well because if you do online banking you can see when your money comes Mm -hmm. in when your money goes out um you kind of have more of an idea um of how your spending is going as opposed to having to go to an atm put your card Mm -hmm. in get a bank statement and then be like oh okay i actually went a bit over (laughs) Um, I was really quite taken aback by a drive-through that allows you to like um, it's an ATM drive-through, and we have one in Luton. Did you? Yeah, it's a new bank that's open. That's an ATM drive-through. I've had you know like we've got our fast food takeaway drive-throughs. We've got coffee, yeah, Yeah, coffee drive-throughs now, Um, and now it's an ATM like drive-through. Like how convenient has life become? I know, the fact that you don't have to leave the seat of your car. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's bad. I mean, I, I, it, it's, I can remember this being the system in America as well when, I, when we frequently visited, and I just thought, I need to get out. I need to walk. Um, <laughs> and and in, even in Dubai, this is, it's just become so lazy. Have you guys seen Wally? The no. Pixar movie? No. no. Oh, you should well, guys watch it. It's basically based on the future hmm. where it's about this robot, but... When you look at the humans, all they do is sit in chairs all day and become fat. This is it. And everything's just autonomized and robotic, and they don't do anything. And it's that's how I see the future. But that's it. That's the present, actually. I mean, I look I'm at our kids, sure. and it's ridiculous. The weather is so lovely, and I'll bet that so many of our kids are just sat indoors but playing I, on their games. I never had a PlayStation 4 when I was a kid, mm. and I can tell you now, I'll trade that for going outside. <laughs> <laughs> so any trade going on this morning on that? Now, this brings me to my next question. Um, because we're talking about jobs and the type of jobs now, what are they going to be available in the next 10 years? Now, with everything being so automated, so machine-driven, what sort of jobs do you think will still exist in the next 10 years? I think definitely um, engineering jobs. Mm -hmm. I think um, jobs in technology, um, AI especially. Um, I think think it's it's a growing industry, and I think there's a lot of research going on, a lot of development going on, and I think um, there's a lot of demand for young talent especially Mm -hmm. to kind of drive that forward. Um, So I think technology is a real focus, and I think engineering will always kind of... um, 
be be in demand because we need engineers for creation of, of course of you know whether it's civil engineering mechanical engineering whether it's um electrical engineering so i think that's a that's an area that will always be kind of much needed and you work in the higher educa- yeah. uh, education sector um are you seeing a particular popularity in certain types of career uh, courses that young people are venturing so yeah i think um Business and technology-based mm. subjects are always quite popular. I think the combination of the two. Mm. So I think it's really important to have um, sort of the theatrical aspect, but I think also practical work as well, um, as well as the focus on employability. I think um, kind of having the theory, the practical, but then also equipping young people with kind of thinking about what they are going mm. to do next, looking at the job market, of kind of analysing it and seeing, well, where could my career possibly go? And I think that earlier, I think even before university I think if we start having those conversations with young people then by the time they reach that stage they kind of have more of an idea about where they would like their career to head Mm. um, as opposed to waiting until like graduation and then what do I want to do with my life of course and so what Shanaz is um, involved in Mm. is like women um, connecting women Mm. is an organization that is solely to empower and engage Mm. and inspire women and share their transferable skills um is this something that you want to see more of is there a need for um an organization like this in luton or not just luton but nationally definitely um i definitely think so i think if you look at some of the statistics as well about in certain industries um the level of engagement from young women um the amount of young um professional women in those industries it's incredibly low so i think i read there was something about less than 30 percent of uh, women were in um um, engineering roles were in stem roles were in um uh, were it professionals so i think if we start addressing that engaging more with women and kind of supporting one another and creating that network where mm. we can share resources knowledge um as well as um just empower each other in different ways i think is really really crucial um going over to uh Teekster, now creativity is obviously your specialism and it's something that you've really really nurtured so much so that you've won awards for this engaging from grassroots level to sort of professional level um what i wanted to ask you is there seems to be uh in the, the academic curriculum seems to be sort of slicing away artistic subjects unfortunately Um, And how does that make you feel as a creative and the skill set that young people are not being able to kind of now um, experience? I think it's kind of unfortunate because I remember a quote by David Bowie and he said basically the arts is when when, when he was little, the arts was for the urban kids, Mm -hmm. um, especially music, visual arts and so on and so on they were like for the people um and there was like loads of activities because you know that um there was because they couldn't go to universities they couldn't go to prestigious schools so the creative area or the creative school was the school of the people Uh and now all of them and he said as he's grown up they've all been abolished and now it's gone back to an elitist thing that the arts is only available if you're from the right family and if you can afford it and if you can afford it Mm -hmm. so that in kind of like era has almost been destroyed and that's why you see a lot of grassroots kind of like um events and shows and happening because they're kind of like the 
uh, the minorities, the the underprivileged, are kind of like take arts back to where they belong to the people. Mm-hmm. This is why mural art is so popular, because murals are basically designed for by the people for the people, and it's that community engagement. I mean, this like well, this project in the town and do with the Luton children is that to empower use art as not as an educational tool, but as mm-hmm. also as an empowerment tool. And I just kind of like think it's kind of like sad that governments and and organisation are slashing you know creative uh, funding and subjects because they kind of believe it's no longer a necessity but in this day and age arts is probably one of the most important areas to um, invest in for example um, even from a scholarly perspective you can a scholar can talk and talk and talk but if the guy has no faith or no basis, they can just, you know, eject those thoughts straight away and say, look, I don't believe what you say, you know, mm-hmm. go away. But then if you show them something creative, something beautiful, then you're like, oh, hang on. For that small second, you can actually change or move that person inside of them. Thinking a different perspective. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the engagement or conversation can mm-hmm. actually start. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, talk is cheap. It's people, now as we live in a visual society, it's all about image. And so... If you have that product at the forefront, then, you know, you got a, a start of a conversation there. So I completely, completely agree with what you're saying. I do think there's, there, you know, solutions to problems, business um, or scientific, do a creative outlet is also necessary. It's really important. I mean, I have to agree with you where um, we see children that I've represented that can't articulate themselves um, except for in art. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them um, at school and in other projects that are going Mm -hmm. around where they have been abused in some sort of way, they're encouraged to take part in art therapy. And what comes across is so visually inspiring because they're they're speaking on paper but from the heart and from their own experiences Mm -hmm. and some of those drawings just say everything that is there and everything that they've experienced good and bad but it's all there and because it's from the heart you look at it and you can the more you look at it the more it's talking to you Um, and they're given also the option of writing a letter to the judge and that doesn't mean anything compared to what they've actually drawn and that's always been part of uh, my submissions Mm -hmm. actually is to show the judge the art that they have done because that speaks a million words it really tells a completely different story because as you say they're they're not able to necessarily articulate themselves um, in a voice in words um, because they can't express themselves. But yes. how they do it on paper is phenomenal. And that needs to be encouraged a lot more. I absolutely agree with you. I don't think that If it's been cut that. out of the schooling system, then who should be taking responsibility well, as a parent? Be. And this is the problem. There's some things that just shouldn't be cut out mm-hmm. of the schooling system. And, um, and the other problem that we have in our society, I think also very, very quickly, is the, uh, the parents that don't encourage it mm-hmm. because they don't think it's a vocation that their children... It, definitely should be a vocation and takes to people like you honestly promote yourselves as much as possible because I think it's it's inspiring and it's wonderful and there is so much mm-hmm. um there there is so much talent out there absolutely and this is a talent that the urban cube always always has a platform for now folks we're heading off to a break it's eleven twenty-five. after the break inshallah we'll be having more great conversations with Teekster, Arusa and Shinaz and the question I ask 
you guys is could a cashless society work for you so everything based around cards online payment banking okay so a digital digital banking can that work for you um contact us on 07779481822 heading off to a break and after the break more creative conversations about everything and anything on the urban cube assalamu alaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. 11.30, the final half an hour of the Urban Cube this morning. And I am not alone in the studio. I'm in great company. I have three absolutely awesome guests keeping us entertained and inspired this morning with their creative conversations and um, their view on current trending stories as well. Um, If you want to catch the conversation that's been had, then you can catch us on 8pm this evening on the repeat of the show. We're going live and direct to Luton surrounding areas, Peterborough, Sheffield, um, this morning, as well as Facebook Live. They are still in the studio, people. And we'd like you guys to join in with any of the conversations that are being had this morning. We are talking cashless society. Could a cashless society work for you? So everything based around cards, online payments, banking. So no cash in hand. Everything is online. So it's a digital society. Could that work for you guys? Plus, we're also asking you this morning, um, what sort of jobs can you not see happening in the next 10 years? What sort of jobs will disappear in the next 10 years? Um, In the studio with me this morning, guys, I am joined by multi-award winning artist Teekster. He's sharing his upcoming project, which is actually based in the heart of Luton. He is with me this morning and we're finding out a little bit more about what this project is inshallah plus um we are joined by the very awesome um activist and published poet Arusa Raza and we also have the very awesome Shanaz Ayub she's a tv presenter of the popular cooking series for the love of food she is in the studio with me this morning not just talking to me about food but also the upcoming WCW event which is focusing on mental health so assalamu alaikum everybody Shanaz thank you for staying with me in the studio this morning and how are you i'm awake now <laughs> it's 11 32 i should hope so i hope so i'm too. very well thank you shamiza thank you so much for having me on it's a real privilege to be here oh, bless as always you. bless you thank you so very much for can i give that. my sister in law a shout out she can um Farzana, i know you're listening and my very good friend rachel collier as well who's listening from her garden good morning rachel <coughs> good morning to you wonderful women i hope you're actually having a restful restful bank holiday morning um and we're and we are delighted that we are keeping you guys company also in the studio we have arusa arusa is anybody you want to say good morning to hi mom (laughs) (laughs) and mom is where mom's in pakistan at the moment mashallah and she's been watching with the family yes she has i haven't received any more texts so i'll assume that she's uh looking at the screen in great concentration wonderful it's an absolute pleasure knowing that they're watching us from all from across the world this morning um teekster thank you so much for joining me you're a regular on the show always inspiring us with your creative journey um this morning you're going to be sharing with us a project 
that you're doing, which is based in Luton. Um, how are you feeling about that? Is this the first time you're working in Luton? This is probably not. No, actually, yes, it is. The first Luton project that I'm going to be doing with the, the youth here. So it's quite exciting. Um, I have worked with other young people before, so it's always good to get the engagement. They're always like, when they, when someone says art project, because there's a lack of it around, they always get excited. I'm just hoping that no one eats in any of the paint or anything, and then I get... It's the paint? You'd be surprised what happens in these <laughs> workshops. What's going on? Okay. If it's during well, Ramadan, there's always a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tell us when, how people can get uh, involved with this project, when it's happening, and your contact details. Um, they can find about uh, more details on my website or social media, which is www.teekstar.co.uk. Um, I'm also on Instagram and, and Twitter, and it's going to be happening this Thursday in the Bury Park area. Fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And Bury Park area, this Thursday, the event is happening. Now, um, if there's anybody that wants to get in contact with you, you've mentioned your website, which is www.teekster.co.uk. Co.uk and your email and everything is on there. Yes. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Now, this morning we have been talking about the benefits of arts and creativity um, in helping uh, young people or just generally society in itself kind of develop uh, like thought processes and output outputs for um, problem solving. Um, what? Thank you very much for Shazia this morning, who's been in touch, who's been watching the show as well. Shazia Afzal, she says she has seen an increase in years that arts holistic therapies are on the rise so even though they've been slashed over the years they've been recognized currently and are on the rise more people need to come together and raise the importance on these subjects is sometimes the only way for many to express themselves and this kind of fits in very nicely to what you've said Shanaz yeah. as well about the children that you have been supporting as a solicitor in the cases that you've dealt with mm. and actually going on from what Shazia in case people didn't listen last week Shazia um, appeared on your show mm. promoting the WC, the Women Connecting Women um, organisation that we've started and Shazia is actually a director of Healthy Minds mm -hmm. in Luton, a very, very worthwhile um, uh, uh, organisation yeah. and they will be giving, members of that organisation will be coming on the 3rd of May to Crescent Hall from 6 o'clock onwards to give free seminars on um, on mental health issues that are prevalent in this society and will be useful to hear for anyone. Um, that's Women Connecting Women and Healthy Minds, two really awesome charities that are really making a difference in not just the lives of women, but just generally society well, as well. The other thing that I just wanted to say very mm -hmm. quickly, that, um, uh, you know, we, we hear so much about mental health nowadays in the Western society, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really been brought to everyone's attention, I would say, in the last couple of years. And, of course, you know, the Fab Four of the Royal Family have come forward with their organisation as well, and um, it's really being brought to the front forefront of the Western Western society and this is in the Western society so we're talking about maybe the Asian society where this sort of subject is somewhat taboo and we need to bring it now to the forefront of people's Definitely. minds and be able to talk about it very openly and not feel um, that if you do you're shaming the family mm -hmm. or shaming yourself there is that stigma attached isn't there that we can't say that there's anything wrong with us um, and there isn't anything wrong with you you're the, the important message is, is that you're not alone 
and this is what we want to kind of have this platform in doing so is to if you are listening and you do need somebody to talk to please get in touch with Inspire FM we are a radio station that is all about the community we want to be here supporting you in whatever that journey is inshallah Arusa thank you so much uh, for joining the studio this morning and you're you're somebody that is working in the higher education sector Um, and as a young woman working in the higher education sector um, are you seeing enough support for young people entering this field of university because there's been an increase in the levels of number of young people actually committing suicide or being impacted by mental health in their journey at university so um, I think just reading the stories online um, you find out a lot about the struggles that a lot of young people go through um, when they do go to university I think especially those from um, perhaps minority communities um, there's perhaps not enough support available or perhaps they aren't as aware of the support that's available to them. Mm-hmm. I think at times as well it might be a bit of a culture shock as well. So for example um, I think one of the things I found when I went to university was I remember my very first night um, at university um, uh, they got everyone in the whole flats on the floor to come outside and sit around in a circle to kind of introduce themselves and then everyone had to put up their hands who didn't drink I was the only one that put my hand up and then everyone started playing drinking games and I was kind of had to sit at the side and um, you know I think so there is that thing where you might feel a bit excluded when it comes to certain things so I think it's definitely about knowing the support that's available to you um, having a strong friendship group having a strong support system and definitely knowing that um you you're you're not alone on that journey Mm. and you're not defined by the struggles you go through it doesn't make you weak um and just to speak up and ask for help if you need it and that's the key thing, isn't it? Being um, being able to speak up and knowing that there is a, a, a circle around you that's willing to listen as well. Um, Teekster, you're a young man um, and we've been talking to these remarkable women about women and mental health. But mental health is also um, impacting men too. Um, how do you or how are men provided the support around mental health, in particular Muslim men? Um, to be honest, like they said earlier, it's like a taboo subject. I think there's like a kind of like, how do I say it? It's kind of perceived that men should like, if they've got any mental health mm-hmm. issues, just to shut up and put up with it and be a man about it and not discuss yeah. it. I think, and even there's there's a lack of charity. It's only until recently when they realise there's more high suicide rates in men than actually in women. And it's just, you know, recently there's actually places and um, charities that are actually now looking mm. to into this but before it was a case of just shut up and deal with it and unfortunately that's how it's always perceived it's like and that's talk- the worst thing yeah they're almost saying that if you have mental it's actually kind of like your it, problem and yeah. deal with it unfortunately but i think recently there's a lot more helpful kind of like, mm-hmm. you know uh, men with these type of issues I think previously they're just kind of like just hiding it away and just keeping to themselves mm-hmm. so it's kind of unfortunate and I'm so glad that we're able to now equally talk about mental health for men and women but also children have been impacted by this too it's which is the for children which is so worrying it's this whole social media society that we're in at the moment 
It's really worrying. I know that I would not want to be a teenager now in this wow. society. The peer pressure is absolutely mm -hmm. enormous and it's really worrying. And I think as parents, we, we have a responsibility to know exactly what our children are watching, mm -hmm. um, to enforce that parental control, which I don't think a lot of parents do. Because they don't know how to um, do it, I think. There well, is the there's a degree of that and there's also a degree of, okay, you know, if it's not broken, let's not fix it. No. If the children are quiet, the, leave the, them to the problem it. Is, is that each generation has new challenges yeah. and then it's different from the past. Um, like, for example, like sometimes I talk to my father and there's a realise there's a generation gap, for example, and there's no fault mm -hmm. to, to either. It's just things change. Like, now, if I told my father, like, oh, I'm going to be a YouTube star, he's just going to look at me and like, what? But if my son said that, I'd be like, okay, what's your business plan? What are you going to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can see it's a possible right, yeah, yeah. And then there's other, like, things which, you know, like my dad, he's like, when I was looking, he, he said, oh, you can just go to a, an office and say, look, I'm hardworking, just give me a shot, and I can, you know, do something mm. for you. And that was his general mind. You need everything. You need to be CV, bank details. Everything needs to be electronic. Mm -hmm. That you can't just go into like Marks and Spencers and just you know say give me a job anymore. Everything's selected. So each generation will have new things. I'm sure when I become a father, there'll be like things where I won't understand, and I'm missing that. And already sometimes I'm like looking at YouTube and I'm thinking, how the heck is this going on? But it seems to be the um, level of um, needs and wants of ch children and desires of what success means has really changed because traditionally the heroes were the firemen or the policemen and now it is YouTube stars and that's what every child wants to grow up to be, not a footballer but a YouTube star. Mm -hmm. Arusa, in, the hi in higher education, um, do you relate to any of these conversations that are being had and do you think the... Uh, do you think young people are under a lot of pressure because of social media and the desire of success through Facebook likes or social media likes? Um, I've not come across anyone that wants to be um, a YouTuber. I think um, other people that I've met are perhaps... Um, want to be like influencers is that the new word yeah influencers uh -huh. you know instagram um get sponsorships okay. um i think that's something that i'm very wary of as well when i go online especially on instagram is if somebody's promoting a product mm -hmm. if they're recommending it mm -hmm. i always try and scroll down and see whether it's an ad in their caption oh. um i'm very i think it's young people need to be very wary of kind of the messages that they're getting mm -hmm. and kind of look at who's promoting um certain products certain items whether they're benefiting from it and whether it's um, beneficial for the young people mm -hmm. so I know for instance the Kardashians for example um, they have a huge global reach but they promote diet supplement products and they promote um, uh, hair products um, that you know like pills for hair and makes your hair grow and shiny and whatever but I think it's it's you can understand why people do it because they make money from it. But then I think there is also the ethical side of it in mm -hmm. which that we know that you don't use these products. Mm -hmm. We know that you have makeup teams. We know that you have hairstylists. We know you have fancy cameras. We know that it's a constructed image that you're putting up of yourselves. And that's not necessarily always clear for young people to see. So they buy into that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They see that as an aspiration. Yeah. And that creates a pressure that we have to live up to that. That's my goal. That's what I want to get to. To, but they don't always see behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that came out recently was Beyonce's um, Netflix documentary about um, 
her Coachella performance and I really enjoyed that I'm a huge Beyonce fan anyway but I really enjoyed the honesty that she had in terms of how she created that set how she created that performance how long it took her how hard she worked the struggle that she had because often you just see a person you see a brand and you think wow they have it all but I think that honesty is needed um, that transparency is needed I think from public figures to an extent so that young people know that it's not overnight success and even if it is overnight success there's it comes at a price and it is a dangerous price unfortunately where we are seeing loss of lives of young people I mean I read an article um, with an 11 year old who's basically committed suicide because of the pressures of social media which is horrific for a parent to read and the fact that you're saying Shanaz this is really common is really really worrying but I always feel that coming back to faith coming back to the basics of our faith gives me a level of balance in my life as well and Ramadan I think is going to be Mm -hmm. quite a wonderful wonderful space of reflection and reward and inshallah um, spiritual enlightenment and connecting back to simplicity of life which I think is a really really it's a beautiful blessing Coming back to Shanaz and mm-hmm. food, because we are nearly heading to the end of the, end of the show, and I wanted to get your um, your expert advice on some awesome Ramadan recipes. Well, let's just start off with um, talking about the holy month of Ramadan and um, the fact that it's time to practice that self-control. This is what Ramadan is all about. Mm-hmm. And for those listeners out there that aren't Muslims, this is, this is to educate you as well. Um, what is Ramadan all about? It's not a group of people that are just starving themselves for because they feel like it. It's a practice of self-control. It's self-discipline. It's sacrifice. But most importantly, it's empathy for the less fortunate. Mm -hmm. To know what it's like to go without food is really a very humbling experience. And and it's to maintain these practices, um, even outside of the fasting hours, to discipline your bodies. Here's me talking about disciplining my body. So what's important during Ramadan is to hydrate yourself. Um, Drink plenty of water between the iftar and the suhoor, so that's between sunrise and sunset, for those that don't know. Um, We're going to to be experiencing high temperatures Mm. next month during Ramadan, so we're going to be sweating more or perspiring more. So it's important to drink fluids to replace the ones that you lose during the day. You must drink at least 10 glasses, not all in one go, because you will feel like and look like a barrel. You have to do this over a period of time. So it's a question of self-disciplining, getting up a little bit earlier so that you mm-hmm. can um, uh, uh, so you can pace yourself. Um, you can also increase your water intake by eating hydrating foods. And what are hydrating foods? Things like, for example, watermelon um, to your Saheri meal, that's the first meal before um, sunrise, or eat it as a sweet treat after iftar, um, after you've broken your fast. Um, Fatouche salad. Do you know what fatouche no. salad is? The Arabic salad. It's uh, it contains plenty of hydrating cucumbers, tomatoes. So it doesn't have to be a fatouche salad, but anything like a tabbouleh, for example, that's got a lot of hydrating um, elements in. As I said, like cucumber and tomato. Avoid ca- um, drinks with caffeine in, such as coffee, tea, cola, because the caffeine can make some people urinate more often which may lead to ultimate dehydration. So also remember that fizzy drinks with sugar will add calories to your diet as well. So if you're looking at 
um, the first morning meal, then think about what you're going to have. Wholesome meal providing you with enough energy to last you through the day. So you have to choose the right foods. Um, eat complex carbohydrates such as fruits and vegetables, beans, chickpeas, slow releasing and lentils as well. They'll give you a long lasting source of energy throughout the day um, and include the low fat dairy products as well, such as the low fat log yogurts um, with your meal and try to incorporate healthy unsaturated fats like avocado, unsalted nuts, salmon. Salmon is a lovely, lovely source of protein and again, low fat and um, healthy unsaturated fats that it involves as well olives and olive oil cook with olive oil guys um, nothing else will do um, and then you have to replenish your energy levels as well so a uh, fiber incorporated plenty of in vegetables um, they've got their vital vitamins and nutrients use your whole grains um, for your body again chicken fish if you're not a meat eater then go for those other products that I've mentioned already so if you're looking at the morning meal and you want to sustain yourself for the whole day then look at oatmeal with um, the low-fat um, yogurt an oatmeal smoothie with a low-fat yogurt um, made with fresh fruit so you've got your low-fat yogurt you've got your fresh fruit make that into a smoothie and then mix that with the oatmeal that's a really really good way to start your day lentil soup with chopped carrot celery and onion and you can add whatever spices you want to that really tasty again will sustain you for the whole day and zucchini so um so you've got your courgettes um and you make a yogurt dip with that as well and lots of fresh vegetables it doesn't sound as exciting as having but and omelette in the morning but those are the foods that you have to avoid there's a myth about the fact that if you have a full meal like that yeah. first thing in the morning that it's going to sustain you for the day it won't it contains too much salt it's going to make you feel really really thirsty and it's not going to be good for you at all apart from anything else if you're looking to lose weight and replenish your body you're doing just the opposite because you're confusing your whole system and it's breaking that relationship with fried food and brante and ramadan because that's what yeah. we were all brought up with and it's kind of like it reminds you of like uh, childhood memories, Ramadan, getting together with your family. And it's not, and, and this is the thing, and when we break our fast, what do we think about? Some more sounds and yes. Yeah. yes. Guys, we need to stop that. <laughs> there are lovely alternatives. Um, I mean, you don't, uh, traditionally, you have to break your fast with three dates. Yes. Break your fast with three dates, have your water, do your namaz, come back and eat a sensible meal. And one thing we had in Santorini was the fish. And since I've come back, all we've been having is this. Go to your um, supermarket get whole sea bream grill it with garlic and herbs and butter and have it with a fresh salad um, and you can have a few you know grilled um, a jacket potato or even mm -hmm. some um, you know oven baked um, chips as well and it is the most satisfying meal that you'll ever have can you not just come and stay with us and just do like a round to everybody's house in the morning and in the evening um, that would be absolutely wonderful uh, Shanaz you've given us some amazing amazing tips and I'm sure your Ramadan series is going to be full bursting with flavour and great uh, I'm actually recipes. quite excited about it and when it can we see that um, we're in the process of deciding on uh, the dates that we're going to start filming um, so with Islam Channel it is fly by the seat of your pants but it is very very exciting so I suspect that it will start when Ramadan starts in a couple of weeks time inshallah, so we'll inshallah. be going to all the local places promoting them tasting the food and are you coming a lot to Luton by any chance will you ever come to Luton to film 
Do you know, I um, because they're based around that area, of course we'll come to Lewis and of course we'll promote the businesses here. We've got such a fabulous community and we do need to promote it more. We need to bring people together. That's what it's all about. I mean, we have, we have you know, the Asian mayoress who's done such a fabulous job of bringing the community together as well. Um, we have... A wonderful community here. And I remember, actually, during Ramadan last year, where all the um, Jewish rabbis, um, the Christian priests as well, and the Muslim mullahs were all getting together and breaking fast. Breaking bread together, that's what it's all about. That is. It's the togetherness and the harmony that we encapsulate on this show as well, mashallah. Um, Teekster, listening to some of those recipes, are are you going to be sticking with barantir and samosas across Ramadan? Are you going to let it go? You're talking to the wrong person because I'm not going to lie. I think you should have a treat now and again. But I think the sunnah of the actual Ramadan fast is actually have a low calorie Mm kind of break. So Mm -hmm. you have, and plus, you know what I really hate is um, this is a big diss to all the the mothers out there because they're getting lazy and they're actually (laughs) buying Hamza products, which is even worse than actually, (laughs) uh, you know, the pre made samosas, not even the natural stuff. Mm -hmm. At least you could argue if they made the homemade. You know, samosas are like this the natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's just going to freeze a cabinet and buying them. But me, I kind of like stick to like freshly made, freshly none made. of this, the, none of this frozen no, stuff. You know what? We must stay away from processed and plus, as much as possible. Although she, well, she said, I mean, I avoid not drinking water. I tend to drink milk because not only that's better mm-hmm. for hydration. Because um, uh, the problem with water is that the body will only use what it needs and gets rid of it. Well, milk, your body retains that longer okay. and uses it. So plus eating like. Mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables rich in you know water will help towards hydration as well mm. so i actually be really really smart but i am gonna eat my omelets because i need my source of protein uh, but most of that you, I, you're ready you are ready for oh this man, i'm gonna write a cyclopedia on <laughs> what to do it sounds like <laughs> yeah. it but i have to say you know a lot of the mums um i think it should be equal equal effort in the kitchen mums and dads mums are working twice as hard um across ramadan That's as true. well trying to feed and and keep the family motivated and up and praying and so forth you know this, so you've got to be a great time for family activities for every chip in and stuff definitely I think young people as well definitely and Arusa quickly anything that you're going to be trying or avoiding are you a brown and samosa girl oh, 100% I'm not giving those up sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't I can't give up my samosa maybe next year but not this year <laughs> maybe next oh year. I love samosa I, oh I my actually God, hypocrites. I know, I know. Oh, but you know as what? you said the occasional treat uh-huh. Could be a chocolate samosa because I saw one in the local Luton market. Really? Um, well, they're not yes, nice. they're a chocolate... I've had one. No? I, I didn't like it, no. Oh, I'd avoid okay. that. Oh, with not... marshmallow. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, fo- okay. <laughs> dokey folks, it is the end of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you guys join us this morning. Thank you so very much for keeping us entertained and inspired. Have a beautiful Ramadan. Um, it's, it's only a week or so or two weeks away. And from us, it's a massive big assalamu alaikum. Have a wonderful um, week ahead. And don't forget to catch the repeat of the show this evening at 8pm from me assalamu alaikum and keep smiling thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton